Welcome back uh, to season two of the Never Left Behind podcast, a podcast by United Valor. Um, we're really excited about this next season. As you can see, you can see us now. Yeah, video. Um, we do have video, yeah. which is uh, pretty awesome. So for anybody listening to this, maybe on Spotify or any of the other audio only platforms, you can check us out on YouTube or on our website. We are unitedvalor.com. Um, for anybody who's on YouTube that may be watching this, you can go to our audio only podcast that is on any of the podcast platforms uh, for season one, which we've interviewed, I think, 20 veterans yeah, in, 20. in, in uh, season one. So we're excited about what's to come in this next season. Um, we're going to interview plenty more veterans, not just in the book of uh, the 20 year war, but also veterans outside of the book and share more of their stories and get more insight of what it's like um to be a veteran yeah and i know uh dan and i are both very excited again you know we've got video going so that was kind of the next step that we want to get is just have it more personal for you guys to see a lot of these stories of veterans that we have um, right now a lot of the interviews are through zoom i know we're in talks of doing some maybe some guest spotting with podcasts for the season doing some on location podcasts but for the most part you know for people that are in different states we want to keep them just using through zoom or you know doing their own video but we are looking forward. Anybody that um, you know is looking to have any kind of sponsorships with this video, we're very open to it. I know, you know, please bear with us. We're upgrading equipment as much as we can, and I know we're looking forward to even getting more higher quality studio settings with like different cameras and such. But I know for now, we're very excited to yeah. at least announce that we have video going for season two. And uh, as each season rolls out, we're going to be continuing to upgrade the show. And we can't thank you guys enough for just being a huge part of season one for all the support and coming into season two we hope that uh, you guys will continue to follow along and uh, help us share these untold stories of veterans from across the globe yeah and if uh if you like this you know subscribe share um definitely leave us comments if there's specific questions you want us to ask veterans that maybe we're not asking you know let us know we want to hear about it yeah thanks guys thanks Real stories, real heroes, for a real cause. This is Never Left Behind, the podcast. Tom, it's great to have you. We're getting started with season two, and uh, we have to notice, and I think the women and men that are watching this <laughs> are going to see that you don't have a beard. What happened? Uh, yeah. I took one for the team, man. <laughs> um, and actually, I guess we should probably start with me officially being part of the team because last mm -hmm. time you guys were like, oh, you have a great veteran story. And now you two fools are stuck with me mm -hmm. as part of all of this. That's so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know when the people will get to see the <laughs> video uh, that we did in order to help promote the 20 year war. Um which again, thank you guys for bringing me on as one of the writers and, and now mm -hmm. officially part of the team. But uh, yeah, uh, it was required to have young me versus old me and young me required <laughs> that we we got back down to here. So uh, the bald kind of tells on me, but yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're rocking that fresh, fresh shave, man. I don't know how much longer, but it's there for now. Some, some true followers might have seen it, uh, the behind the scenes of you shaving off your, your beard and it yep. was just for that, that skit for the video for the book. But yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why, but I mean, it's been several weeks. Why not let it grow back out? So it's, it's the heat. It's the, it, yeah, it's yeah. the heat and the humidity. And it's one of those where if it gets much more than a week, it starts getting that like really prickly, ugly, nasty. Mm -hmm. And I'm just not dealing with that during the summer, man. Like I, 
I, I will rock a five o'clock shadow with about four or five days worth of growth, which is essentially like a small beard for most people. But after that, it just gets that really prickly, gacky, like your yeah. face mm-hmm. is on fire. And I just can't deal with that right now. Hence so why it'll probably I, come I back in the fall. Mine. Yep. <laughs> you know, it'll come back in the fall. I mean, meanwhile, before we went on air, uh, if we're telling on ourselves, Dan is like, wait, hold on. I've got to fix my hair. He's wearing a hey, hat. Man, like, I, people, I, I I'm on video now. I'm on video yeah, now. I gotta, I gotta, Dan, you know, tuck away the hair and everything. Dan the diva, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Like, uh, that's who, who would have thought out of the three of us that that he'd be the one to first like go full diva? But there it was. Hey, you know they they say in the military, as long as you're in the right place at the right time in the right uniform, you're already eighty percent to success. To me, my motto was looks are ninety nine percent. If you look the part, more than likely people are gonna listen. Then why do you guys have me on video? (laughs) (laughs) I think, and and especially for people that might even be just listening for the first time to give kind of an introduction. So all three of us, including Tom now, are part of a company, um, United Valor. We started a book called The 20-Year War. Dan is obviously our CEO. Tom is is next up in line who, you know, bosses me around to create designs and and get everything going. But what I want to know... Tom, uh, we've talked about this plenty off air, but I'm curious from people that have asked questions more about the writings and the stories in the book. I know a little bit about it, but I want to know the insanity that you went through on creating these 71 stories in the book. Well, I mean, I think that that we now that the book is done, I, you mm-hmm. know, I think that we can tell on ourselves a little bit where we were kind of stupid. Um if we if we had gone to a major major publication like Random House or Simon and Schuster and said, "Hey, we want to do this portrait book of seventy one veterans, um, release it by nine eleven of this year, and we're starting in January," they all would have been like, "Get the fuck out!" Right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, really, and actually, I'm going to turn this question around you on you after I answer it, Bo, because I'm actually I want to hear more about what you did and, and sort of how we synced up. But basically, um, I was traveling back and forth between Chicago and Omaha. Nebraska, which is where I live now. Um, the first time we did the pod, I was in Chicago. Now I'm since here in Omaha. And so it was one of those things where I would literally get into Omaha. I was doing a sort of like the, the Monday through Thursday consultant thing um, for the for the day gig. And so I'd be living out of this hotel and it was the Embassy Suites in La Vista, Nebraska. And by the way, shouts to Sherry for the insanely, by the end of it, large, heavy pours of free Embassy Suites Cabernet to get me through <laughs> everything. I'd, I'd go to I'd go to work all day. I'd come back in, and by that point, you'd already uploaded the day the day's audio. So I would go in there like with this, you know, basically clear solo cup of cab, and I would just be listening to the audio and typing out the stories to get them into like a working, you know, functional sketch or draft. From there, we, I'd send them to Trevor, who's our editor at, at Ballast. Shouts to Trevor as well for for putting up with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, once we sort of had that, it was it was feeding it back to you guys to make sure that it wasn't crazy. You know, I didn't miss anything. Um, you know, then we got the veteran to, to approve it and it, we just kept going. But, oh, man, I would, you know, you do the nine to five, get back go for like a two and a half mile treadmill run just to say that you did it. And I hate treadmills. I mm-hmm. fucking hate them. Um, <laughs> I hate running in general. Like take it. Yeah. Take a shower. And um, then it was, you know, uh, I, yeah, I was just, I was just down at the bar. Like there's anyone who was at that La Vista 
embassy suites in like January, February or March. I'm sure they saw me. If you remember the beard and like, yeah, I was just banging away the whole time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that was at least static. Like, what about you? I mean, 16,000 miles, yeah, 42 states. I mean, what you went back and forth, back and forth. Do I remember this right? Like four times across the country or something like uh, that? Three times. Um, right. Yeah. Florida. And you didn't four kill times. Yeah. And you didn't kill Dan or I like, I mean, talk no. me through that, dude. I, so, I mean, the first time around was me going out by myself, which was in the heart of January. I remember it was the worst, the worst time. time to go. We talked to uh, Mike Hall from Three Ranger Foundation, and we were telling him about this journey and, and the book. And he was like, you go south in the winter. You don't go north. And <laughs> he's like laughing at us like, you guys are out of your damn minds. So I remember I, I packed up the car. And the first place I went to was Houghton, Michigan. Yeah. And mind you, it is a car. It's a what is it? It's a Mazda. Oh, it's a two wheel drive. Yeah. Mazda six. Mazda three. Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. nice car. But it's a nice car, but not meant for no. heavy snow and ice. I, I packed Dan's <laughs> chains in the trunk just in case. And actually, surprisingly, didn't have to use them once. But I remember driving up to Michigan. I passed through. I stayed with Tom and uh, I took his photo. And that was the first stop. Actually, I lied. I, I stopped in Chicago. But the, the first uh, veteran officially story that we recorded was Drew's. And that was up in Houghton, Michigan. And I remember getting up there and it was like negative eight degrees at night, which is actually not that bad for January for up there from what I hear. That was kind of a warm spell for them. <laughs> but just seeing like all the snow and the ice. And then you go from there all the way through like Wisconsin, you see the frozen Mississippi. Then you get out to, you know, all the way to California and back. And that was the first trip I did. And then it kind of speed up is when all three of us met and we drove uh, up to New York City, visited JC. Dan and I kept going to Maine. And then we came back yeah. around Ohio, back to North Carolina, where Dan and I live. Mm-hmm. And then from North Carolina, I drove to Florida like four times. Yeah. And that's not including so, the flights to Texas, to Washington. Like we were yeah. all on the map. Well, I will say that one of the memories I will forever have um, is so for those of you, I'm going to tell on Dan a little bit. He had never been to Times Square in New York City. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> we're, on, we're on Long Island with JC and we're, and we're JC Glick, who is a wonderful friend of ours. And I had served with in the Ranger Regiment. His story is just so amazing. I can't mm-hmm. wait for you guys to read that. But um, we went into the city and, you know, Bo's, Bo's been there a million times as the fashion photographer. I've been there a bunch of times. And Dan's like, I really want to go to Times Square. And Bo and I are both instantly like, like no, fuck. you don't want to, don't be that tourist guy, man. Come on, don't, <laughs> don't make us be these people. Please don't, right? Well, finally, he's like, no, no, I really want to go. Yeah. I will, I will make sure that I send the picture to you guys so like we can find a way to post it somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it was a graveyard. Oh, my God. Yeah. Graveyard. It was crazy. On Sunday night at like 8 p.m. Eastern, which if you've ever been to Times Square, like non COVID related, it's insane. Like oh, it yeah. never, mm-hmm. it, it never stops. And what was so funny is so Dan's like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And it's, it's totally flipped. Like it's gone. Dan's like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And Bo and I are just like, what is going like something we were weird. like, what is going on here? Like, this is never seen this before. This but, is crazy. But the thing is too, is like, Tom, I think you've even been there more than I have. And you're used to like that more city nightlife, especially in Chicago, where things don't close till yep. 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. So typically, Ow. if you're on Times Square or anywhere in New York City, you can go to pubs, you can get food at three in the morning, and they close yep. at like four. And I remember we were looking for dinner at nine. Yeah. And most places yeah. were closed. 
it was bizarre yeah. to uh, try and find like even like a pizza shop to get something so the the really weird thing but cool thing for me visiting new york was I, i've always wanted to visit new york city um but just i've always wanted to see the city and i think everybody should probably visit at least once but mm -hmm. also just the connection with 9 11 and, and the twin towers mm -hmm. and and now the freedom tower and everything that you know that was a an experience in itself but it was a bizarre, but also kind of a cool time to visit New York City. And for anybody who's been there previously, probably had the same feeling you guys did. That was like, man, this is crazy. This is weird. But for me, yeah. I didn't have to deal with any of the crowds or any of the chaos. And no. I got to just take in all the architecture, all the different sights and, and sounds and everything. And it, it wasn't like a madhouse there. So I, I got yeah. to, I feel yeah. like, enjoy it a lot more than I would have had I gone with large crowds because I don't I yeah, don't particularly true. like very large crowds. No. You saw no. a little bit of snow in the yeah. city and it was really pretty out. Um we went to all the memorials together and mm -hmm. I mean that's yeah. definitely like you said, that's that's enough to go and visit New York is standing there yeah. at the at the you know the memorial pools where the Freedom Tower is now at. That's that's pretty incredible mm -hmm. to experience that. Yeah. Yeah. Going across to New Jersey, that was, mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. And just looking, looking in and, and the flags and everything like I, it was great, but yeah, it was just odd. Like yeah. the city was just so, so shut down in, yeah. in February. And I'm, I'm, and then it's actually really ironic because a very good friend of mine um, just sent me a picture from Times Square two days ago. Cause he was, he's in New yeah. York. He does a lot of business there and it's opening up and it's jammed again. Yeah. It's like, you know, Carl's like obligatory, obligatory Times Square selfie. And I'm laughing and it's just like, everything's just packed. And I'm like, you know, I sent him back Crazy. a picture I took, you know, it's at you, Dan. I'm like, I'm like, this is what it was in February. Yeah. And he was just like, it's like, that's unreal, dude. Yeah. So, it was, it was, it was definitely it. weird. It was, it was amazing. It was awesome, but it was just weird um, with how limited like people walking around. Yeah. It was, it was just. And, and I think to even go on from the travel side to bring, Dan, your side of this into it. I think what was kind of cool is I remember before we set up for this, my first road trip across America where I spent a month driving across, I think uh, we had maybe like seven or eight veterans lined mm -hmm. up. There wasn't that many. And in my head, I was thinking like to make this trip, not to say it's not worth it, but as far as costs and everything like that goes is involved, I was thinking like maybe 15 people yeah would be great at least in the time frame if i'm spending a whole month on the road we've got to get this book kind of you know nailed down and i remember i think right when i got on the road in the first week we had like 20 people yeah all of a sudden come through yeah. and then mm -hmm. by the end of that month we had 30 people yeah and i remember it was this chaotic you know constant phone calls with tom and dan every day and it was basically like all right i just photographed so-and-so and here's your story i just uploaded to the dropbox and then mm -hmm. tom would start banging away but what was that like for you dan kind of having to navigate and talk to all these veterans and then be like bo you need to go meet up with so-and-so tomorrow uh it was it was awesome but it was uh definitely like orchestrating it was uh yep. you know it, it was facilitating you to make sure that you ha you had a clear path of where to go next and make sure that it was along your route and trying to time everything up perfect and it's so crazy kind of how it all worked out. And we've said this multiple times and knock on wood, but this project, everything, I don't know what it is like divine intervention or whatever, but everything fell into place almost perfectly every time. Yeah. And it was yeah. so bizarre because I remember when um, I first talked to Sophie mm -hmm. um, on the phone 
Um, she's one of the veterans in the book and she has an incredible story. Um, but when I first talked to her on the phone, I called her and, you know, I was telling her about the book and everything we're doing and stuff. And then I was like, well, I know you're traveling. You're on the road. Where are you at? And she was oh, like, yeah, uh, she was like, I'm in Moab. And I was like, get out of here. I was like, Bo is literally like 15 minutes from there yeah. right now. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. All right. As soon as I hang up the phone with you, I'm going to give Bo your phone number so that he can call you to see if you guys can link up. And sure enough, that same day or like that 15, 30 minutes later, whatever yeah. it was, we're able to meet up and, and talk and record audio and, and uh, get a photo. Granted, we had to shoot again, but um, just that that's kind of how the entire thing worked out is mm -hmm. it was always just reaching out to the next person, figuring out, you know, where along the route they are, and then just yep. constantly going back and forth between Tom and Bo and, and trying to, you know, keep progressing the, the book forward. So Dan, I actually, I'm really interested because I actually have not asked you this, but I know that I've mentioned it a couple of times. Are you getting hit up you know, as the other veteran? Are you getting hit up by all your buddies with the basically thanks for including me in the book asshole speech? <laughs> because I, I'm not even kidding. So my roommate in college, who was an air force, um, C-130 refueler, he's like, I, I saw your video on, on Fox and friends. And that was so great. And like, you know, I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep riding your coattails. And that's been a, a joke between him and I for years. And <laughs> finally he's like, you know, but like, you know, you could have put me in it, you know, like my, like my buddy Fred and like, I must have a dozen people in my life that are like, Hey, by the way, thanks for asking me. And mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, this just like, it was the friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Like yeah. we never really it just, once we got one person like, you got to meet my buddy. Like that's how it happened. I'll get you on the next one. Yeah. And that, no. that's, that's a cool thing is we never played favorites. It was almost like, uh, no. who do you know? Who do you recommend that we yeah. can use in this book? And that just went down the well, Rolodex. What's interesting is is you asked me when you were hitting the road um, to answer your question first, Tom. Uh, no, I I have had, I think, one or two of my vet buddies been like, you know, you could have swung by. And I was like, yeah, that's just how it worked out. I'm sorry. But for right. the most part, everybody's been supportive. Um, but yeah, to your point, uh, when we set out for the book, you know, obviously I serve, so I have a lot of friends that also serve, but we were very conscious to be like, we don't want this to be, you know, Dan's yearbook with all of his buddies in it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We wanted it to be authentic and really have a good mix of all the people that were, you know, that have served in the last 20 years. So mm -hmm. it was exactly that. It was, all right, we, we contacted somebody, they gave us a list <clears throat> of like three or three to five more people we contacted them and every single time we said do you know anybody else who has a really good story and we just kept spreading it from there it was very i don't know it was, it was very natural it wasn't it yeah. wasn't uh us you know really stretching and pulling to try and get certain people it just happened the way that it did yeah I think it was also really funny, at least for me, because because that's the way we did it. And it was so organic was how everything overlapped. So mm -hmm. uh, Nick Palmaciano over at Diesel Jack, who was my business mm -hmm. partner in Ranger Up, who shot the video and convinced me to to go here for those of you who are following <laughs> along. Um, one of his best friends when he was at West Point was actually Nate Self, who mm -hmm. just has an insane story about oh, yeah. you know his time in the service and, and the opening phase of the war being in First Ranger Battalion on Roberts Ridge and things like that. And I had no idea that, that we had, that we had gotten Nate in the book or mm -hmm. anything until Bo uploads the file. And again, I'm sitting there with my, you know, clear solo cup of, of Cabernet. And suddenly I'm like, 
Nate Self. I'm like, and I'm like texting Bo. I'm like, one seven five Nate yeah. Self. He's like, yeah, man. I'm like, how the hell did that happen? It's like, well, the guy to the guy to the guy. And yep. I immediately like flip over to Nick. I'm like, you're not gonna believe this, but I'm I'm doing Nate's story right now. Yeah. And he's like, no it. way. And I'm like, yeah, bro. Like it was it was just so the intersection of all those stories and how they came together was crazy. That, yeah, that was a hard story to hear. I remember that one pretty yeah. specifically. Yeah. And for people that yeah. are interested, I mean, look up Tucker Gar, look up Roberts Ridge. You'll find out all about the story. But yeah. Or you'll yeah. read his story in the book. And but yeah, I mean, it's just crazy how things well, Nate, Nate up so perfectly. Here, I'll, I'll plug his book too. Nate wrote a book. Right? You haven't? Yeah, he wrote a book uh, called Two Wars. Yeah. And uh, yep. and so you can read the full story in there, but um, it, it's an incredible read too because it's from his perspective and how he's reflected back on on that specific battle. Um, so it, it's a great read. People should read it. But uh, yeah, keep the, the one thing I will say, and I think this was recently um, on a podcast that I was personally on, and I know both of you are going to be on it as well. But it was interesting to think about how every single person's story was so different, and I wasn't yeah. expecting that at all. Like I was thinking on a 71 veterans, which is don't ask us how we land on 71. It's just a super random number. Yeah. But it was like <laughs> it, it was kind of I don't know. I, I thought going into it like, OK, I'm going to run into the same story at least like two or three times. And I think everybody's story was so unique that I was like, well, this is hard to close this at 71. I want to keep going. Not only were the stories unique, but what I think that we did is really cool in the book is um, we really wanted we wanted people to pull knowledge from each veteran. We wanted mm -hmm. somebody to gain something from each veteran. And so we were very intentional about, you know, drawing, you know, what, whether it's a life motto or what people live by or a life lesson yeah. or whatever that they've gained throughout their military experience or civilian life or whatever it is, but put that in the book in their own words. And what was crazy about that is out of all 71, there's not a single overlap. Nobody no. said the exact same thing. There are a few that maybe are similar and on the same vein, mm -hmm. but they were all different. Yeah. And that to me is crazy. Well, I think that there's a lot of threads of shared experience, right? Mm -hmm. That there's a lot of, you know, the reasons that people chose to serve. There's a lot of similarity across five or six sort of major buckets, if you will. There's a lot yeah. of um, threads of similarity on how they transition, you know, whether it was yep. positive or negative. But, um, everyone's journey really is. And I mean, it got, it's true, but it was crazy. They really were their own unique thing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think the hardest story that I had to take the audio file and turn into something was actually Sophie's because we were talking about that yeah. because, yeah. you know, the reason she was in Moab is she's living out of her um, sprinter van. You know, she's doing the van life thing, um, even though she's a extremely, extremely well-respected and extremely high power consultant at one of the mm -hmm. major firms just crushing it. That's her day job, but she's, she's touring around and, um, she did it to sort of like re rewire some negative patterns of behavior that were in her head. And I did something similar, only I did it with a 40 liter backpack and I traveled all the way around the world. Yeah. So that was, I mean, I, I remember, cause that was one, the only, the only story where I, I went back to Bo and I'm like, get more audio. I'm like, she's, there's more to this. And he's like, how do you know? I'm like, I'm telling you, I just, I just know, like go back yeah. and ask her like these three or four questions and it opened up and like, I got done with the first draft and I just remember texting her being like, yo, I'm going to send this to you. Um, I need your help with this. Cause I don't want my voice in it. You know, mm -hmm. most of the stories are really easy, but I, and I think that 
there was, there's a lot of that overlap in the book, but no one's story is the same. You know, yeah. there's, you know, I can think of three or four guys where they're really similar, but they weren't the same. And I think that might be the coolest thing to me is yep. how similar a lot of the collective experiences are, but how people interpreted those differently and how they processed it differently and what it's meant for their lives. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I think it, it goes to the common vein of what we're trying to say with this book is like, you it's easy for somebody to see somebody in uniform and think that they're all the same. Yeah. But the second yeah. that uniform is off, you can realize how different everybody is. But mm -hmm. and and the uniform isn't something that defined each of these people. Sure, it shaped some of the the you know things that they've become, but it's not what defines them. They're just a human who's living on this earth just like the rest of us. Yeah. And so everybody's yeah. experience is different. And I, I think that's really cool. And I hope a lot of people who read, you know, through all these stories are going to get that. And hopefully, you know, like we keep saying, break down those barriers of those typical stereotypes that people see. Can we give mm -hmm. a, a sneak peek story at all? Tom, I, I'm curious. I know this is a putting you on the spot. Is there any stories in particular that just really struck a chord with you? Oh, man. Um, I mean, so Sophie's was was obvious. Um, yeah just because that was so personal to me just to see someone who was wrestling with this comp with this, this combination of being told that they were extremely accomplished, but not feeling whole and mm -hmm. how they got off this high powered, you know, career path, you know, for me, it was entrepreneurship for her. You know, she had, she ended up being able to, because of COVID keep her consulting job, but you know, she's like, um, I'm going to go, go do this. Uh, yeah. that, that one really, really hit home with me. Um, I think honestly, because I wrote the stories, I don't, I don't know. And I, and I just listened to them over and over and over again. I don't want to say that I became numb to some of them. It's just that I, as the writing and hearing the theme and all that, um, to me, it was way more about the pictures because I got the audio mm -hmm. right away and I was, yeah, you know, some sense. of these stories I spent hours on. So I guess I would flip it around and say, what stories impacted you guys? Because you didn't work with them the way that I did. And mm -hmm. what I would say for me is I'll give you some of the pictures that, I just went because the first time I saw most of these and you got and, you know, Dan and, and Bo know this, but just for the audience was when we started putting them all on the wall yeah, to figure yeah, out how yep. we were going to adjust the book. That's when I first saw them. And the one that jumped out right, right away to me was David Prince's. Yep. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I think I said something to Bo's like, oh, well, I guess you really don't suck at this or something like this. And we started laughing about <laughs> it. Like everything you need to know about that guy is in that picture. I mean, yeah. that picture is just powerful um it, he, it's it's him literally like it, it's stained all over that photo like yeah and we, and we yeah. met at the national veterans memorial museum in ohio i remember taking this photo outside of, of the museum and he was just outside taking a cigarette break and he was like well where do you want me to stand and he was like just inhaling a drag at the second and then exhaling through his nose and i just snapped it right there and i was like yeah he's yeah. like well you took a photo i was like yeah we're good and he was like well that's all you need and i'm like <laughs> yeah i saw the moment like I want to catch you yeah, off guard. It, and it was such a real moment. It, you know, Tanya Oxendines is also another mm -hmm. one where it's mm -hmm. just like it, everything you need to know about that woman is in that photo. Like yeah. her story of perseverance and her story of overcoming is incredible. Um, but it's like there. And then the one, the one that for me is deeply, deeply personal because he has been a friend of mine for a long time. Um, you really caught Tim Kennedy and who Tim is. That, yeah. that, that like, was a cool moment. There is, yeah. is there's a, there's a lot of sort of, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a very high profile, um, actor, entrepreneur, you know, all this other stuff. So Tim knows how to take a photo. You know what I'm saying? Like he yeah. knows what angle looks right, how to smile, you know, um, 
you know, Nate Boyer is, is the same way. Like they've done some, some of that, you know, model sheet stuff and Tim's, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's my friend. You know, like yeah. that, that's what jumped out at me is that little smile. Um, Justin Lakins was the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. just because again, I, I knew, I knew those guys, but then even the ones that I didn't like, I loved the sisters. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I thought cool. that that was so, Christine and, and, and Kate and Katie. I thought that was such a great photo. Yeah. Um, you know, one's in uniform, one's not, um, it was just so uh, you got it. At least for me, you got a great sense of their relationship. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll flip around to both, both of you guys. Like what, what either stories or, or pictures really resonated with you? Well, for me, what was really cool is I, I do know several people in this book, but I learned something new about every single one of them. And it was interesting to me to hear their stories, especially getting into the details of something that I hadn't heard before. And a perfect example is Jordan and Drew, two brothers who served different units, mm -hmm. but during the same time. And it was it was crazy because I remember Jordan going through the experiences of when his brother got injured overseas, mm -hmm. but he never told me all the details of everything that happened. Right. So like getting him to tell that story was just insane and i think he had even not really processed and reflected on that entire experience until we started asking him more and more about you know finer yeah. details of what what <clears throat> what happened so yeah i think uh i think that is what was to me the the coolest part of all these stories and those are the ones that like i'm going to keep pulling back to you but all the ones that you've already said you know tanya's is incredible and David Prince's photo is is crazy. Um, one that we didn't that you didn't talk about is Joe Cernas. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's ugh, man. Talk about a literally an indestructible person. Um, yeah. Cheated death multiple times and still, um, you know, still was in the fight and still wanted to continue to, to deploy. Um, but he uh, he's the most loving person. Mm -hmm. Like you talk to him and, and meet him face to face and he he's the most loving person. But then his portrait, too, is just it's just powerful. You could tell that he's been through a lot of shit. Yeah. Like you could tell he's seen a lot of combat. Um, but again, at the other side of it, you can tell he's an approachable person that you can talk to. Yeah. And that's exactly who he is. And so I, I just think those messages and those stories are, are really what are powerful to me. Yeah. And I think the, uh, the cool thing from my perspective and not to give too much details away, but I think that, um, you know, even for me, it was like uh, Aaron Lurich, mm. who I met up with. And uh, and I remember just meeting up with him and hearing about his story of, you know, battling his his wife's kind of medical condition and his drug abuse while he was in the military and and just where his life has taken him since. That was one that really stood out to me. But there were so many. And, and I remember the funny thing. And, and I, I remember going back to the beginning of this book. We talked about how we didn't want to just focus on too many like the bigger like quote unquote celebrity veterans um i think this book was more yeah. important about telling the untold stories of veterans that nobody has maybe heard of before mm -hmm. but we do have i feel like a few hand-picked ones and i remember uh two stories i think real quick the funny thing is i remember i think i was just sitting on the couch with dan one night and i direct messaged tim kennedy yep. and vince vargas <laughs> and uh it was the night before we like went that. on our it, okay. it was the night before we went on our trip yes yeah so the night before we went all on right, our trip all fine. three of us i'll i'll wear this l go ahead <laughs> <laughs> well 
Well, I think, no, it's not even an L for you. Cause I think we initially, I think I initially asked you and I think you reached out to them. And no, I, no, 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 no. Let no, me no. tell how it is. I mean, no, no. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell the, I'll tell the Vince part of it. So like for Tim, I was just, again, him being a very good friend of mine. I, I was honestly a little reticent. I didn't, I don't, yeah. It's very important for me to not ever feel like my quote unquote famous friends feel like I'm treading on their name or treading on yep. their fame. So yep. the fact that Bo just did it and he was so excited, I'm like, this is great. But Vince, um, I had the wrong phone number on my phone. Like I didn't update my phone number for him. So I'm texting this this dead phone number and he's not getting back to me. And I'm, I'm getting pissed. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, this is like, at least tell me to play hide and go fuck with myself, dude. Like, you know, no harm, no foul on that. But like, you know, whatevs. Um, and then you like hit him up on IG, instantly responds. And then it's like, you send me the phone number. And I realize it's not the right number. Yeah, right. Yep. And I'm like, God damn it. So I use the right phone number and I am not hand of God. I swear on my combat scroll within a minute. He's like, sup, bro. Like, let's catch up. And I'm just like, you're like, oh, thank this God. Is, this is going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's never going to let me live this one down. The funny thing about uh, that, no. in, in my perspective, is I was just, you know, I don't know much about the veteran space. I, I know a little bit more now, but back then I was just like, okay, I can see these guys have a lot of followers. They're, they're a big deal in that community. And I remember I just like direct messaged Tim and Vince, and they both replied in like five minutes. Yeah. And we're like, sure, crazy. shoot me an email. And I was like, uh, what? And then I was like, kind of like stunned for a second. And then, uh, and then going forward, when we decided to meet up with Tim and Justin, and uh, I remember, I think it was Dan who got the invite to grapple and work yeah, out dude. with Tim. And then Tom was like, good luck. You guys are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That that was a fun little Twitter war between Dan, Nick, uh, Palmagiano. Yeah. A couple other people jumped in and myself because... Yeah. There are black belts and then there are black belts. Tim is yeah. definitely the, the second when he decides to turn it up to 11. Well, I want to hear your side of it because obviously you and I were at the gym together. But yeah. I remember you were working out and it was like just winded. Dying. By dying. Workout. I was literally dying. But uh, no, what was crazy about it too is so when you first sent that email out to Tim, yep. um, I remember I randomly got a phone call. And I didn't realize it was Tim Kennedy on the other line immediately because he was like, hey, how's it going? And I recognized the voice, but I was like, good. He was like, is this Dan Blakely? I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, this is Tim Kennedy. And I was like, "What? why did he call me? I didn't like I, I legitimately didn't know why he called me at first because, yes, both of our phone numbers were in the email. Yeah. But yours, I mean, you sent the email, but he just called right. me out of the blue. And then so we started talking. I told him about the book and what we're doing and everything. He got super stoked. And then he was like, well, if you guys are coming out. Uh, come work out with us and um, we're going to go to my local gym. Mm -hmm. And then we didn't go to, we didn't end up going to the local gym, right? We ended up going into Roka's uh, facility yeah. where they have an incredible workout space and we're working out with just a bunch of beasts and uh, I'm oh. dying. <laughs> I'm, I'm just dead. And then not only that, Tim was like, oh yeah, by the way, like after the workout, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, we're not going to go to the, uh, to the Gracie gym. We're going to work out here and do some uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And we're gonna have uh, five black belts and all world champions. And I'm like, yeah, I was gonna say, not what? five black belts, five world champions, yeah. champion yeah. black belts. Ribeiro was in there like that. He, if you're on the Jiu Jitsu scene, like I've been, he's Dan sent me a picture and I'm like, you understand the, that you're in a room full of great, like the lowest yeah. ranking brown belt in that room's a world champion at the brown belt level. Like yep. it's, 
that was a there's room a, full of sharks. Young, young kid, and, and forgive me, I, I forgot his name, but he was a young kid from Brazil who was like, is that Javier? I think that was uh, yeah, it might have been yeah, Javier. But, so, and I don't know shit about Brazilian or Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I don't know anything about that industry. So I remember when I was in there. I just thought these were just guys that were rolling around. Yeah. And like, I was just going up like, hey, nice to meet you. Like, I'm a photographer. And they were like, oh, that's a cool project you're working on. And oh, they're the like, nicest people taking in the world. photos with me and all that. And um, and then I think like when we left, we had that group photo. And I think uh, Tom was like, you need to look up those people that's in that group photo. And I yeah. started yeah. researching and looking at their Instagram. And I'm like, <laughs> million followers, 700,000 followers, world champion yeah. this. And I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, there's yeah. a lot of big people in that room. Dude, it was it was a bizarre experience, but you know what? You know the coolest thing for for me was just that experience and the one on ones we were able to have with Justin and Tim. Like everything that you see, and this this goes back again to our common theme. Everything that you see or read about a person, like if it has some sort of intent behind it, you don't see the person for who they are. Yeah. But when yeah. it's really them and it's just them in their raw moment, like it's it's truly authentic. And I think. That's why we were able to have those deeper conversations with the with each of these veterans. And I think that's why Tim opened up a little bit more about, you know, than his normal podcast interview or than mm -hmm. his normal, you know, magazine interview or whatever. And so I, it was it was a cool it was an amazing experience. He put some deep stuff in his story yeah. that I, I, I have never even heard of from him. I literally called Justin. Oh, I mean, I texted you guys, but then I called Justin. I'm like, can I actually write this yeah. down? Like <laughs> This, like, because there was a lot of stories that I had heard for years in the we don't talk about this. I mean, not public. Like, there's nothing bad. It's just, um, no. and I don't, I don't want to give this impression like there's some deep dark voodoo to this. It's just, you know, um, you you know, before before Tim grew up, you know, he has two daughters that are very very close in age. You know, mm -hmm. like which he's talking about in the this and like I mean, of course, obviously, like I've, I've met both of them actually. You know what I'm saying? So it's like for me, but I'm, I'm like, we just never talked about that publicly, right? You know, yep. like and I'm like what you know and then he's talking about some of the stuff that he did overseas which again you know i had known and that's war that's combat but i'm like you know like what you know i i know the guy that's that's actually doing his his memoir and i'm like i'm calling him too i'm like yo like mm -hmm. is he putting this down here too and he's like yeah no he's gonna do it it's like you know you're not stepping on anything but i'm just like that was that was insane and then we again, because I know Justin, Justin a little bit. Like it's not he's like he's my boy, but like I know Justin a little bit too. And like Justin was just so honest and just yeah. so, you know, authentic. And you know, it was. Um, I, I don't. I, it, it's funny because that's not the coolest sort of story or the coolest pairing to me. That'll no. be the Fetfords, the father and yeah. you know yeah. Bill Fetford, and then Andrew's father and son. To me, that's just like the coolest because they have their story about actually going out on mission together, which I just yeah. thought was yeah. just so amazing. But. Um, there's something that for me that will always be super special for seeing someone who I consider a good friend and then someone I consider a friend being, you know, these sort of, um, you know, brothers, brothers by service, you know, and eventually now they are actually in-laws because they're married to sisters. Yeah. So um, that that was just so cool to me. Um, I mean, it, and that it, is something just, I will truly treasure. It's just crazy. You have, you know, you've got sisters. You've got two brothers that have served together. You've got a husband and wife that served yeah. together, which is yep. that's unreal. Yeah, father and son. Just talk father about. and son. It's like, yeah, you've got so much just diversity. I feel like, and I didn't, I didn't think we'd have that much going into it. To be mm -hmm. honest, like, I'm gonna be real when I say when we started thinking about this book, I looked at. I think I started thinking about it totally different in the beginning phases, as mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna 
take portraits and um and then like back then like i was like kind of writing the stories and i'm not a writer by all means <laughs> as you guys would know and i remember like yeah bad <laughs> this book there, fucking there, were, there were some edits there was some editorial cleanup that needed to happen for, yeah. for a couple of these and uh i remember just looking at it a different way and as we started getting the ball rolling and like tom joined in and and obviously put these stories in first person. I think that's, I want to imagine for you, that was the hardest part because I don't think we had many veterans that came back and said, can we like completely change this? We maybe had a couple. Um, but the unique thing was, how was that for you? Like having to keep it all in first person? Well, yeah. well I, I mean, I actually remember that was one of the things that I, I saw it, um, our editor actually, Trevor, is in Chicago. So when I was still there and I was transitioning, uh, we sat down and he's like, I think we should do this in third person. I'm like, no, we're absolutely going to do this first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because it's their story. Yeah. I'm not writing for me. I'm writing for them. And if I'm writing for them, then I need to tell their story, not my interpretation of it, yeah. which that was probably the hardest part, right? Because you get this audio file that's, 15 to 40 minutes, depending on what you're doing. And you're trying to get it anywhere from 350 to 1200 words. Yeah. It's hard. So you already have to have this level of editorial ism for brevity. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and just coherence and, and, and things like that. So that was the first real challenge to it. And then the second one is you start getting into these stories that you can write 3000 words on. You can, I mean, mm -hmm. I can write Tanya Oxendine can write a memoir if she yeah, wants to totally. like, no, yep. like, no, like, no, no doubt. You know, um, you know, I, the, uh, Joe Cerna could write a memoir, oh, yeah. right? Steve, Steve 40, who I loved his story and I love his insights and I love everything about him. Like we were still in the 11th hour. Like that was the final one that was good to go just because mm. like, I remember we're sitting there in, you know, in, in Raleigh, and we're like, dude, like we want this, but we have to cut 200 words or so just yeah. to get all of this to fit. Or we're going to have yeah. to put like another, what, like 20 pages in the book. Like, and we can't do that. Right. You know, like yeah. we just couldn't find a way to make it all work. And he was super cool. You know, like he understood, but it was still like, I could have written 5,000 words on that guy. You know, like, I mean, there's so much, there was so much long form piece or even people that I didn't think, like, I remember, um, Nikki Selby had like a nine minute interview. Yeah. And I remember going back to Bobby and like, dude, just looking at the file size, I don't know if this is going to be enough. Like mm -hmm. we might need to like go get more and like, excuse me, I get done with the first draft and it's 450 words. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, Trevor here, you know what I'm saying? Here you go. And, and like, you know, it, it all came down. So it wasn't the first person that, that for me was sort of the table stakes because I felt like I was the conduit to them, you know? Yeah. Um, well, speaking it of, was, of, uh, you know, it you was, it was on definitely it. that. Yeah, and speaking of not sorry to cut you off. Speaking of uh, you know Steve's story that you're working on, he's actually on the next episode that we're going to be doing, but um, he's got a really cool story. So obviously, people can read about it in the book, but if they want to listen to the full version that you listen to and even more, <laughs> they can hear it on the next episode. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's an insane guy. Um, he's also really good friends with JC Glick, um, yeah, yep. who again I served with, and JC. That I think that was probably the most fun I had. Um, if I'm being honest, because I had not seen JC in a long time. I had not seen JC in years. Yeah. And now we're sitting there with his, with his now wife, by the way, congratulations, my brother. Um, he <laughs> sent all three of us a bunch of pictures cause he had just recently gotten married to a wonderful, wonderful woman. Mm -hmm. Um, so congratulations, my guy. And, um, 
like we're sitting there and we're just getting hammered. I mean, like oh, he, 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 <laughs> he heavy poured the, I mean, I like, brought the poison. I brought the, the Sital from desert door. Yeah. And, did. Uh, and man, and so, we went through like two so or three bottles of that. He pours, he pours four fingers. Like, like, go ahead, Dan, <laughs> yeah. back me up here. Like, What's, dude, what was hilarious is I even told him, I was like, Hey, I'm driving. So don't pour that much. He's like, all right, no problem. And he's just like, glove, 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 glove. Yeah, in my right. glass. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to be here a while. <laughs> yeah. Right. And we, I mean, we were, we were there all night, but it's like, by the end of it, we're done. I am. St- I have not been that drunk in so long. I couldn't tell you when, like I am stumbling back. I woke up the next morning with that hangover. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm not even gonna pretend, and then but it's like you know we're we're you know but it was like we were like it was one part like him and I catching up and just like talking shit and telling stories, and then another part like him talking about his his experience and um you know his his life journey and how he you know how he got there and stuff and like that one was just so much fun to like mm-hmm. catch back up with a ranger buddy, but mm-hmm. also be with you know like Dan and I you know Dan and I have been ranger buddies we served together like you know Bo and I at that point you and I have become pretty good friends so it was like yeah. being in this room with three of my friends and you know one of my buddies you know significant others and just hanging out and talking mm-hmm. shit and mm-hmm. um drunk off my ass um like you know it was a good time yeah uh, and I know people have heard it before but and we woke up the next morning and did a cold plunge in the Atlantic oh god yeah that yeah, was go probably ahead, the best best call. How that happened, Bo. Uh, I guess so. A lot of people have heard this story. A lot of people that haven't is I remember. So yeah, obviously all night drinking. Dan and I, I think we're pretty good. I was buzzed. Tom was definitely like teeter tottering through the hallway of the hotel, <laughs> like bouncing off the walls trying to stay oh, up yeah. straight. And I remember we, uh, I think right before we left, I was asking JC because he was mentioning that they do a recent cold plunge where they jump in the Atlantic Ocean in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. And he said that they just did it at the beginning of the year. And this was like a couple of weeks prior to us being there. Yep. And yep. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. I, I was telling Dan that I kind of want to do that like on our trip, like jump in like a frozen lake or something. And JC was like, all right, well, let's do it. Yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. Well, we'll call you up at like seven in the morning and we'll go do it. And I remember I think the none of us happened. think he's actually going to follow up on this. No. For those of you scoring at home, none of us. <laughs> and so. In my mind, I'm like, once I say I'm doing something, I'm like, I, I want to do it. Like, it'll be fun. But I remember the next morning, even I was tired of waking up and I was like, I think it'll help us. Let's grab some breakfast real quick at the hotel and go meet up with JC and do it. Mm-hmm. And I remember everyone was like, uh... damn it, Bo. Like, now that you're doing it, we all have to do it. <laughs> right. So, so, so to paint, so, so, so to refresh this, you have three multi combat tour army rangers staring at the non veteran <laughs> photographer art kid with death in their eyes because he's the one that wants to go do the insane shit. Yeah. And he, he got it, he, he got us going and yep. we all went in, and fro- which actually, as a side note, uh, my green shorts. Like my favorite pair of shorts in the world. Uh, if you could please make sure that I get those back the next time I come see you in Raleigh, because I left them in your car, Dan. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank <laughs> I you. I was wondering whose shorts those were. Those Tom's are mine. I just it just popped into my head. I forgot about <laughs> it because they were like wet and I'm like freezing and yeah. So if I could have those back, that would be great. But that's I think that's just one of the the fun memories of creating this book. And mm-hmm. there's so many more. I mean, there's there's ones I wish I could have shared with both of you while I was on the road. I mean, like you mentioned earlier, you know, you've got portraits in there like nate boyer's got like that blue steel like total look (laughs) like body sideways head turned like cocked looking at me down like this narrow hallway in los angeles and it i don't know i just 
to me, that moment spoke to me. And yeah. there's just some really well, cool moments. Well, I'm, I'm interested in you telling the story of the first, the, the very first two veterans mm. you interviewed. I remember you calling me from the road. I got emotional during yeah. that time too. So the very first two was uh, Roy Bell and uh, Josh Grimm. Mm -hmm. And people will read about them in the book. And they both live in Virginia. And they were among the first, they were the first two veterans, yeah. I believe, besides uh, Jessica Harris, yeah. who I flew yeah. to Washington. She was the first. Uh, they were the second and third. I remember driving from North Carolina, Virginia. And I photographed them, recorded their stories, just had a great time. And I remember pulling over on the side of the road. And I was kind of getting, you know, teary eyed. I was kind of like, man, like this is kind of some heavy stuff. I didn't think that. I'd be hearing some of these. Well, just where you took the photo at too, though, was probably yeah. what was the heavy part. Yeah. So even to go back, I guess with Roy's photos, we met at his friend's um, grave plot where his friend that he served with was killed in action. And um, his that guy's father came and visited his son's plot as well. Mm -hmm. So I remember I was there with Roy and his best friend's father who was there and just seeing them hug and you know, exchange tears and all that. It, yeah. it, and then, and then, you know, going from there to, to Josh Grimm's house and meeting him and his wife and taking his photo, you know, he's doing some landscaping, like cutting down trees with a chainsaw. And that was a pretty <laughs> cool moment. But I remember calling Dan up and being like, Hey, I feel like even though we're only three veterans into this thing, I can't stop. Like, please, yeah. whatever I do, do not let me stop this project because I'm going to feel like even though there's only three, I don't want to let these people down. Yeah. Like they've obviously let me into their homes and shared a moment with me and I'm a complete stranger for them to tell their story to. But it was just so impactful that I just, I didn't want to stop. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting thing when somebody shares, you know, an intimate details, really like a story that they haven't told somebody else or a story they rarely tell other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just one of those things that you don't really you don't really feel the gravity of it until after yeah like it's a weird thing where you you reflect back on what they just told you after the fact mm -hmm. that you you don't really like feel that emotional rush or whatever until the interview is over and then you're like wow i cannot believe they told me that like yeah. that is so yeah. incredibly powerful and, and uh that, hap that happened more often than you'll know yeah 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 well that's i, I mean i think that's the I think what's so interesting about the project is that we're really trying to capture stories. Um, you know, I mean, Phil got back from being deployed, what, in December of 2020? Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got, we've got vets that literally, all right, we're going to start this. We're going to do this. And they had just gotten home. Yeah. Some of them, you know, and some of them like me, you know, the last combat tour I had was a four. So I, there's this, it, it really does capture the span of the war. And I think that the global war on terror, and I think that it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's interesting to see how people have at, are at various stages of reflection, but they're all sort mm -hmm. of in the, the same ballpark, I guess is what I would say. Like no one was really like, I didn't read any of those stories and go, where, where's this coming from? You know, what, it, you know, yeah. there's a, there's a certain, again, so you know, 71 different roads, 71 different journeys, 71 different sort of major themes, but they all really were very closely intertwined at certain levels. It was all different bits and pieces of, of everyone's stories that sort of weave this tapestry of, of community, even though how they got there and what they did is so unique. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's incredible. And I, I, I'm excited because I feel like unlike World War II, 
unlike Korea, unlike Vietnam, we're starting to tell these stories, not quite in real time, but pretty close. Yeah. And I'm really interested to see how just as Americans, I mean, especially with the political climate, the way that it is right now. Right. I mean, for fuck, I mean, for fuck's sake, um, how some of these stories land as we go forward, because yeah. we're trying to tell our truths in real time, which is not something that is that has happened historically. There's always been a level of sort of rose colored glass to it, whether positively in, in Vietnam or, or I mean, in a World War II or Korea or sort of negatively. And, oh, we're never going to do that again in Vietnam. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's one of the things that's really been very cool about this is to yeah. and to see how excited the individual veterans are, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and how closely they're sort of intertwined. Like, um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but on social media, Phil's company, Live American Yogi, and Kobe's company, Uncana, partnered and are doing a bunch of things to like promote yeah. health oh, and wow. well-being and yoga and you know CBD and all this other stuff. And I'm like, that, I'm like, I'm like, just spamming the like, that's so cool. I love you. Like, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and I love it not because they were in the book at all. I love it because it's like I was introduced to some of them through the book and just and yeah. I follow them because I have a, I now have an even larger stake in their lives because I want to see them succeed and just to see them like yeah. that is so fucking cool right um you Phil's know Phil this a, weekend Phil's was doing a cool story doing with... yoga on the Yorktown like mm -hmm. in Wilmington and I was like I wish I still lived in North Carolina I would have been out there like like let's go um <laughs> it's just so cool to me it's yeah so his, fucking cool. his story with his yoga journey is just it's kind of funny how he describes that he's like you know, on a fob and he's like, do I do yoga in front of all these other guys? And he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever I want to do. <laughs> I'm at the point yeah. now where it helps me. And uh, he started a pretty successful business doing what he does. And yeah, kind of Dan, I, I think this is probably exciting. It's exciting for all three of us, but I think more so you because you've been in more contact with them. But we should talk about where this book is going and some of the partnerships and events mm. that we have coming up with it. Yeah, boss. Yeah. Clue everybody in. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so very early on when we started being in contact, uh, Tom sent a blank email to uh, Bill Butler. <laughs> Are you just going to punk me <laughs> on every like? Forget all the good things that I did. Forget all of all of the like. No, 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 no. Let me, let me let me pre let me preempt it. Tom was so excited about the project, yeah, Thank that you. he uh, forgot to put a subject line in an email to Bill Butler, who's the chief of staff to. Um, uh, Lieutenant General Mike Farrader, um, who runs the National Veterans Memorial Museum up in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. So we we got in contact with him through that, and uh, that's where Bo really made his his first stop and and uh, interviewed a few veterans there. But then also got Bill and um, uh, General Farrader involved in the book as well. And while he was there, just having the initial conversation, and it was like. Well, going through the museum and seeing some of the work that they've done, it it, it almost seemed like a natural fit yeah. that it was just yeah. kind of natural that our book had some sort of tie to the museum. So and that museum is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's brand new. It's maybe been there for two years. It's well, like a it's $60 million dollar building. Yeah. I mean, the architecture is amazing and the way that they built it yeah. out, like that storyline as you go through, because it's, it's almost in a um, interlocking rings. So two circles that are kind of off canter and it's like yeah, two it's interlocking stories, rings i believe yeah and um but it, it, you go through it as a circle and it's 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 a storytelling so you go through it and go through the journey of what it's like to be a service member and it's through all different phases of combat all all different wars and things like that mm -hmm. but it's just telling the veteran story so again it kind of just made sense so we just kept having conversations and um we 
we are going to launch our book on 9-11, the evening of 9-11, at the National Veterans Memorial Museum. So we're incredibly excited about it. We're hoping to get as many of the veterans that are in the book out to the event as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be you know, partially open to the public as well. Um, so there's going to be more details to come in the next several weeks. Um, so people can look forward to it, but we're, we're just excited to share it because it's not just about the book and the veterans that are in the story, but it's really a reflection of what has happened over the last 20 years. And to have that tie yeah. to nine 11, which was the pivotal event that launched us into America's longest war. And just mm-hmm. to be able to remember, you know, that day, 20 years ago, and remember the people that passed, the mm-hmm. the heroes that were there at the sites that you know were trying to recover as many people as they could and save lives that day. Um, but then also share these stories of the veterans who were able to, you know, just carry on a legacy of service after 9-11 and serve over the last 20 years and and not stop when they took their uniform off, but yeah. now continue to serve in their companies and their communities and things like that. And so the fact that we're able to go to the National Veterans Memorial Museum share their stories, launch the book there, have, an, have a, a meaningful event for everybody involved and just uh, just really hope, hope that people feel a connection to these past 20 years, the veterans in the book and all veterans that are not in the book as well to really yeah. just open the door to more sharing of, of stories and knowledge and experiences. Well, and that's, I think, what's so exciting to me is that the, the book that we put together is just a snapshot. It's 71 out of 3.5 million. Yeah. It's, yeah which nice. will really it's bake your noodle nice. when you think about it. Um, and so to me, I mean, first of all, the, the NVMM has been so supportive and it's just mm-hmm. so in- incredible and, and has, has made so many recommendations and we're so appreciative to them. So, so Bill and, and Mike, thank you very, very much. Truly. Um, I think it's also going to be just this, you know, nice moment of reflection and this, you know, mm-hmm. and I hope that as many vets as, as, as can come will. And, um, you know, it's, it was such a natural fit and it made so much sense that when they're like, Hey, what do you, how, how do you guys feel about this? And we're all like, well, yeah, you know? Um, and it was funny cause we were, you know, when we had that final meeting with them to, to green light it and like, well, what do you think about the public being there? I'm like, well, yeah, like absolutely. Mm-hmm. The public should be there. This is everybody. 9-11. The weird thing I think about it is that it's actually everybody's story, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you remember where you were if you're, you know, older than, you know, call it, you know, I mean, really, if you're older than 25, you remember exactly where you were. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you're, if you're a little younger, it gets a little hazy, but, um, you know, and, and even the ripple effects of all of that. And, you know, um, I mean, like me, I'm a pre nine 11 guy. I enlisted in 1999, Dan, you're a, you know, you're a post nine 11 guy. Yeah. Um, like even that there's some differences to it and, and the calculus of what you, you choose to do. So the ability to reflect on that time and, and also honor those who have chose, who chose to, to step up or, and continue to, um, and some who made the, you know, the ultimate sacrifice. I'm really excited to, to be able to have that moment and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, hang out. Like, I'm also excited that so many of these vets are going to be there. So I get to like, hang out. Yeah. Like, dude, oh, yeah. I wrote your story. Cause like, <laughs> I know. Most, of, most of my, there aren't my friends. I just got their audio files. It's like, you're awesome. Yeah. So. It'll be fun for me too, to catch up with all these people and be like, just kind of reminisce on the moment, taking their photo and. I think it'll be neat because obviously for the people that can't make it, you know, I think we're going to do our best to have like video and content yeah. to share. We'll have news teams yeah. there that'll 
probably talk about even the event, but it, it'll be a nice, I hate to say the word celebration, but almost just a, uh, a well, nice it, time with people to it, reminisce on the past 20 years. It's a remembrance of the last 20 years, but it has to be a certain level of celebration because yeah. if you can't celebrate, you know, what has come out of something so negative, then what's yeah. the point of continuing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like exactly. you, you have to celebrate the successes and you have to celebrate what the future holds because these are 71 examples of really what veterans could strive to be. You know what I mean? What they should yes. strive to be in a lot of situations. And yeah. so you, you have to celebrate that. And then also to bring in the public and people who, who hopefully, you know, didn't serve to just be that crux of, of how to educate and get them more involved with veterans and how to, mm-hmm. you know, open up and have those conversations. And, and I think that's the most important part. And yeah. that's why it's critically important that we have the public there. Um, I agree. But yeah, to your to your point, Bo, I, I think it'll be very interesting because yeah. you've met every single one of the veterans because you yeah. took their portrait. Right. Tom's met none of well, uh, no, he's met eighty a of them. or twenty five percent of them, maybe probably about twenty five percent. Yeah, I'd have to go back to look, probably something okay. like yeah, close to that. Same, same with you, and then same with me, and then so it'll be really interesting for us to be there, especially yeah. Tom, to be like, I wrote your story, and then for me to be like. I didn't do anything, but, uh, you know, I'm here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, <laughs> no, but to, that's, but to be the, be like, I was the guy in the background who was orchestrating all yeah. this stuff and trying to get it to all come together and make this happen. Right. But, uh, it's incredible to finally put a, you know, a, a person, Which, a physical person in front of me to like shake their hand and say, thank you for sharing your story. Mm-hmm which as much as I love Steve 40s. So Steve 40 had a line where he's like, I swear to God, if one more veteran goes into the workforce to try and be a project manager, I'm going to shoot something. Right. <laughs> and what's, what's so funny is that Dan really was the ultimate project manager of this. Like this doesn't get anywhere near what it was without him. So, but yeah. it's like, so as much as he busts on me for being so excited that I sent a no subject line email or, you know, all the other jackass things that I do, you know, he is the most cliche, stereotyped NCO by his project management background that you can have. So, you know, love you, buddy. Mean it, but. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, I run a tight ship. Diva Dan. Yeah. I run a tight ship around here. All right. You guys got to listen and and shape up. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) The the fun thing too, is anyone uh, who's in the Ranger community will be at Ranger rendezvous. Oh yes. Coming up. So we'll be there. Uh, Obviously that event is for the Rangers, but we will be there to, uh, be supporting it and yep. uh, go around and meet people and anybody that already knows about the book that wants to come and meet up and hang out. Well, and I mean, we didn't do this on purpose, but it was just especially because it's Dan and I's networks. I mean, we have what, like mm-hmm. 16 guys that served in the Ranger Regiment at some point in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, whether they made their career there or, you know, they had to stop off as an officer or whatever. So um, it, it's certainly an interesting and solid celebration of the community, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I feel I feel bad for, you know, all the third bat guys that are going to try and tell us how great Fort Benning, Georgia is, because yeah. fun fact, having served there at regimental headquarters, it's still not boys. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know, so that no, that'll be it'll, cool. It'll be a and, fun event. We'll be there for two to three days. Yeah, I think we'll be there the first first several days um, and just, you know, just hanging out, really. And, you know, if. Yeah. if if people want to share their stories and we can do something more, you know, we obviously have this podcast that's going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah. also have potentials of what we want to do moving forward. Um, but, you know, we're we're excited for what the future is and to just keep on, you know, 
supporting events like uh, uh, Ranger Rendezvous and and really any others. I think uh, we're talking about potentially going to Vet Expo as well in October. So, yeah. you know, yep. there's a lot of things that we want to continue to, again, tell stories. And, and to Tom's point earlier when he asked me, like, yeah, we only got 71 veterans in this book, but we're not stopping at 71. No. You know, we're going to continue to yeah. share stories. We're going to continue to make sure that people hear, you know, veteran story, veteran stories. And it's, it's not because we think all veterans are great and amazing people, but it's unique experiences that if we don't get them recorded or on paper now, they're going to get lost. Yeah. Like all the generations yep. passed. And so we yep. have to get these, you know, documented, archived, whatever, we, whatever we got to do. So any future partners out there, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, like, yeah, like Dan said, is we want to keep telling the stories, keep doing journals on them. You know, I want to keep taking photos, even do like, you know, a short term documentary kind of work um, and obviously find the right partnerships, the right people that want to get involved to help share the untold stories. Like Dan said, it doesn't stop with the book, but that is the first project that we yeah. have worked on. And yeah. I know all three of us are equally as excited to see this thing come to fruition, even from like the news networks we've already been on. Um, we have a lot more to come and yeah. that's kind of what this first episode we want to do is help share more of that with you guys, share a lot of the behind the curtain scenes, even though we don't want to re reveal too much, but there's still a lot more to come too. Yeah. Yeah. This, this journey is just beginning. And yeah. I think that that's the, the most fun about it is that as blessed as we've all been for this project, for the book to come together, the ability to have a positive impact on the community and the space and to continue to tell these untold stories i am i'm so excited like i don't i'm not even going to throw some of the names out there that i know that we're going to try to talk to down at ranger rendezvous a couple of whom are friends of mine you know like mm -hmm. just because but i know how great their stories are i know how like you you have no idea these names are but until you you start listening oh my god like that's so awesome right yeah um you know the guys at vet expo are the same way and mm -hmm. um you know, it, it's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be, even, a, it's going to be a good ride. Of, of people that, uh, you know, in, endorse the book. Yeah. Excited oh, on this project. Boy. I know we're excited to share that and, and to show people that just how many yeah. like generals and bigger military officials got involved in it. It's, well, it's, like, it's not even, it's not even that. I think that for me, at least like names are cool and fun and, and, and all of that, but general Votel wrote the foreword and I, mm -hmm. I served under him on staff. So for me, it was like, and then he became, eventually becomes the, the CENTCOM commander. So, mm -hmm. you know, yep. he's got plenty on his plate. Doesn't need to do that. Um, then General Nixon, Craig Nixon, who was actually in Somalia, by the way, at the Battle of the Black Sea, mm -hmm. and then eventually became the commander of the 75th Ranger Regiment, was the other commander when I was working on staff that I served under. Yeah. When I actually deployed overseas in 2004 with him. Um, he got out as a one star and ended up becoming the CEO of Academy, which was the name changed to to Blackwater. So it's like he was he's been around this forever. Again, mm -hmm. super busy guy can do pretty much whatever he wants. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in. Um, you know, are we are, are, you know, am I spoiling alert if I say the next big name that happens to be a four star? Does, that everyone in America knows? Does it start with you know, a P? Yeah, it starts with a P. <laughs> yeah, you can say it. David Petraeus is like, you know, uh, JC Glick, the man who's got a relationship with him. He's like, sir, you should check this out. And he's like, hell yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? You know, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's not, it's, it's really not that there are these big names. I don't care that they're big names for me personally. I care that these are people that I served under and served in period of times that I respect. 
Yeah. Right? I could care less if, you know, um, Mr. Biggie McBigbritches or something like that, like whatevs, you know, um, you know, there's certainly some generals out there that are like, I would love to support your book. I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, but <laughs> like all of these people that I have so much respect for, they're like, yes, we want to be a part of this. And I'm like still looking around. Like it's the John Travolta gif from Pulp Fiction where I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's just blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, uh, it, it's been super interesting. And for somebody who's not a veteran like Bo, yeah. like uh, we keep, you and I keep reflecting. I think the people that are veterans and read the names that are endorsing this book, they're going to be like, holy right. shit. But like right. the, to your point, it's not the fact that it's the name of the person, but it was their ties to it. Like, you know, they were all top commanders and Sergeant majors at, you know, during some point in the last mm. 20 years. Right. And so they have a connection to all these veterans in some way. And they understand the gravity and the importance of this book. So it's it was really cool to see their enthusiasm to endorse this book. And then also the words that they ended up, you know, giving us. Yeah, um, just is is powerful. I mean, you, yeah. you can't yeah. say anything more than it, it's just powerful with what, yeah. what they said. Well, as we begin to wrap up this episode, obviously, we want to start the first episode of season two to kind of keep everybody updated. Tom, from your perspective and even Dan. Is there anything left that you guys want to say or maybe your favorite moment of creating this book or just things that people can look forward to? I, you know, um, just really excited to, to put it out in the world finally and, and, and let all of you enjoy it. That's, yeah. that's where I'm at. I am. Um, it's been fun. I'm just, I'm so anxious and so excited to, to have it come out and, um, have it finally in people's hands. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and also I want to like the pre-order support that we've gotten at 20 yearwarcom so far has been amazing. Like that, yeah. I guess maybe that might be my funnest moment so far is our printer or our publisher being like, yeah, 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 yeah. And suddenly he's like, uh, I'm like, bro, you don't know who you're dealing with right now. Like we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're coming to let everybody know about it. Yeah. Um, but we can, we can scream until we're blue in the face, but if it doesn't resonate with people, it's not gonna, it's not going to be seen and it's resonating with people. And we just appreciate that so much. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think for me, it's, you know, I've learned so much and gained so much just from reading these stories and listening to these stories that I, I think that's the most important for me is just, I hope people learn and gain some new knowledge, something that they either they've never heard before, they never thought of before, or maybe they're remembering and reminded yeah. by, you know, the veterans that are telling their stories. And that's what I hope people get is just to grow really from reading these stories. Yeah. And I think from my perspective is I'm just thankful to all the veterans that allowed me to take their photo. Yeah. That uh, were the initial start of this amazing project that agreed to meet up and take time out of their day. And uh, I know we're truly honored to to share their story authentically to the public. And um, I know from all three of us, we're excited to share more of these podcasts to talk more on having more veterans, not only from the book, but other veterans aside from the book, come mm -hmm. on and share their story. And we want to mm -hmm. get this started with Tom and Tom, thanks for just taking the time to hop on and, and get this thing started and share more of your insight behind it. Yeah, man, no, I mean, I'm super excited. I'm glad that I'm, I'm part of the team and onward and upward from here boys so i'm glad that we got a chance to sort of chop it up and update everybody on on where we are and where it's yep. going and this is gonna be super exciting yeah one one final thing that i'll say that uh, i don't think we said tom plugged it briefly but just to remind people people can order the book now at 20yearwar.com 
and it'll be in your hands earlier than the general public um, looking at shipping books the end of August uh, for anybody who pre-orders. Yeah. And there's multiple editions of the book. Um, There's limited ones that come with just different options. So it's more personal to what you guys want. But like you said, 20yearwar.com has more details on there. And just thanks for listening in. And we'll talk to you guys soon. And Tom, thanks again for hopping on. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys. See you. Thank you.